is I Don't Know What to Tell You. I'm Kat. I'm Michelle. And we're going to tell you things. We are. Hey, we're back. Mm-hmm. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you always start these episodes off so bashful. <laughs> well, it's hard, to, it's hard to rev up the energy. Well, we're going to get there. Um, this week we decided to talk about our personalities, um, because we never do that, uh, but, but we're going to do actual personality tests and talk about our results with you. Um, so what are your views on personality tests? You know, generally I like them so long as they're not the, just, you know, answer five questions and I'll tell you which Avenger you are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, no, generally I find that they're surprisingly accurate. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know that, that, they're not considered scientific by any means, but I think they're fun. And I think generally they kind of get a lot of stuff right. I think they get more right than wrong. Right. Just my experience with them. I think speaking personally, like you'll hear me, hear me ramble about this later, but the Myers-Briggs personality test in particular, I find really interesting and cool. Right. I don't think there's any scientific value to it, but who gives a shit? It's just about talking about people's personalities, you know? Right. Well, I mean, I guess that's the tricky part, right? Like, I know everyone wants to think of psychology as super scientific, but... Right. Know, I mean, it's, it's never going to be, like, physics right, or anything. Right. But I do enjoy the Myers-Briggs, and I even enjoy smaller, sillier tests. I think even a smaller, well-designed one can give you some interesting insights. Which we took today. Yeah. <laughs> we do took some silly ones. And full disclosure, I do have an Excel spreadsheet on my computer with Myers-Briggs types for almost everyone I've ever met, so... And they're all surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly accurate. <laughs> and sometimes when I'm having a problem with someone, I'll, like, I'll go check up on their Myers-Briggs and be like, hmm, and <laughs> I'll pretend that I find insights that way. I don't know if I always do, but I feel like it helps me think about things sometimes. So that's me and me being a dork. <laughs> um, but do you want to start with our Myers-Briggs? It's, like, the biggest and most, like rigorous yeah, one sure i mean it's mostly your jam so you're gonna have to, to guide me through it right because i'm not that familiar with it but so yeah. basically myers-briggs you're scored it's a lot more complicated than i'm gonna put out but basically you're scored on four things introversion versus extroversion mm-hmm. um intuitive versus sensing right thinking versus feeling and perceiving versus judging okay no one has trouble with introverted versus extroverted yeah, that one know. is pretty clear yeah um intuitive versus sensing is more like Sensing is you're very aware of your surroundings right. and you're like, you have good hand-eye coordination. These are people who can like, who are great athletes or okay. who have like a great sense of how they relate to their environment. Okay. Whereas intuitive tend to be more like academics or people who are like more up in their head. Okay. To use like an exaggerated example. Okay. Um, and I find that most people who take the test tend to be on the intuitive range, although that's not entirely, you know, that's not always true, but... A lot of people who take these tests and discuss them online, they're like, oh, well, this test is bullshit. Everyone who takes it is intuitive thinking. And it's just like, well, intuitive thinking people are more likely to take a test like this. Right, exactly, to so, sign up for it. So, I mean, that's just a bias. So that I totally get. And that's it's sort of annoying because I'd like to be able to discuss this kind of thing with people who aren't exactly like me, but that's right. also the nature of this kind of tool. So, yeah, exactly. Um, and then thinking versus feeling is more, do you trust your rational thoughts about a situation mm-hmm. more, or do you trust your emotions more? Okay. And then perceiving versus judging is the trickiest one, but it's basically how fast you make decisions about things. Okay. Judging is you make pretty quick decisions and you, and you sort of commit to them. Right. Perceiving is you sort of withhold and waffle and you deliberate more i guess yeah versus okay and that's the one where i'm closest to borderline i flip between perceiving and judging right. quite a bit so do you want to do yours first or do mine first yeah walk me through mine 
All right, so let's start with yours. Um, For the longest time, I kept trying to type you, and I came up with nothing. <laughs> I think maybe because I'm too close to you. Because <laughs> I was just like, well, you're not like me. You're kind of like me. Like, and I sort of puzzled over it a lot until I actually made you take the test. Right. Um, and then I was like, oh, it was right in front of me all along. Um, you're an INTP, which is just one letter away from me. I'm an INTJ. Okay, so so what does that what does that translate to? So it's intuitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, intuitive, sorry, an introverted, intuitive, okay. thinking, perceiving. Okay. And basically, the person I imagine, like, if you were to imagine the most cartoon version of this, is this is like Professor Frank from The Simpsons. Oh, God. <laughs> Not that you're like that, but if you had to bring the most exaggerated, like, right, right, right. like that, yeah. that is exactly it. It's definitely a Poindexter. Um, so I'm going to read through yours. Now, there are also, um, like a list of characters and stuff from pop culture and stuff. Yes, and it has celebrities as well. Um, mine's pretty damning, so we're going to focus on yours. Okay. Um, so this is from, uh, 16personalities.com. It's a pretty, uh, popular tool for finding these. Um, so, okay. Do you want to read the first paragraph or should I cover it? Um, okay. So the INTP personality type is fairly rare, making up only 3% of the population which is definitely a good thing for them. I also imagine for the population. <laughs> As there's nothing they'd be more happy about, uh, unhappy about than being common. INTPs pride themselves on their inventiveness and creativity, their unique perspective and vigorous intellect, usually known as the philosopher, the architect, or the dreamy professor. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, INTPs have been responsible for many scientific discoveries throughout history. Mm-hmm. And I imagine more than a few unhappy accidents in the lab, too. I'm sure... <laughs> But, like, how do you feel on that so far? Oh, no, that's pretty, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Um, it goes on, the unexamined life is not worth living. They love patterns, and spawning discrepancies between statements should almost be described as a hobby. Mm, yeah. Could almost be described as a hobby. Making it a bad idea to lie to an INTP. This makes it ironic that INTP's word should always be taken with a grain of salt. <laughs> This is something I've learned about you. (laughs) It's not that they're dishonest, but people with the INTP personality type tend to share thoughts that are not fully developed. Well, how else am I supposed to develop them? (laughs) Using others as a sounding board for ideas and theories in a debate against themselves rather than as actual conversation partners. (laughs) And I have been on the receiving end of this a lot. (laughs) I apologize. Um, this may make them appear unreliable, but in reality, no one is more enthusiastic and capable of spotting a problem, drilling through the endless factors and details that encompass the issue, and developing a unique and viable solution than INTPs. Just don't expect punctual progress reports. (laughs) (laughs) People who share the INTP personality type aren't interested in practical day-to-day activities. (laughs) I feel like the tone I'm reading this in is so accusative, but like... (laughs) You know, okay, but this this is where we deviate a little bit from uh, from this like general archetype because obviously, like I've grown into the cook, mm, I've grown into true. the one that actually does enjoy. That's true. And the thing about these types is that they're they're just profiles. They're not everything yeah. you are, obviously, but they're fun. But I I will say I do treat cooking like a lab. Yeah. Because I will spring this thing on you. Like it, it'll be what four a.m. or something. Mm-hmm. You'll get up to go to the bathroom, and I'll have just made something. And be like, can you taste this? Yeah, I just made like, this. I don't know if it's good. I'm sleeping, or I'll, like I'll just have brushed my teeth in the right. morning. I'll be like, I'm not having that. Or I will wait for you with bated breath to wake up, and the moment you're up, I'm in the room with something on a plate. Do you want to try this? <laughs> yeah. It's got bacon in it. It's good. All right. Right. Uh, it goes on. Um, but when they find an environment where their creative genius and potential can be expressed, uh, there is no limit to the time and energy INTPs will expend in developing an insightful and unbiased solution, which I think is oh. also true. And I think that pertains a lot to your experience teaching as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is a whole other podcast. Not, not <laughs> going to get into that now, but yeah. 
When INTPs are particularly excited, the conversation can border on incoherence <laughs> as they try to explain the daisy chain of logical conclusions that led to the formation of their latest idea. <laughs> Oftentimes, INTPs will opt to simply move on from a topic before it's ever understood what they're trying to say, rather than try to lay things out in plain terms. And you do this all the time, and it drives me crazy because I want to have a conversation with you, but sometimes you're just like... Just going from one idea to another and yeah. you haven't even waited like you'll just be like it's so much like this and you haven't defined it for me yeah and i'll be like i'm, I'm three steps behind you <laughs> what are you talking about well this i was accused of a lot a lot a lot when i was doing my my ma I was yeah like, how did you get there you just make these leaps yeah on paper <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and I'm, and I'm not saying that it doesn't make sense at all it's i'm sure it makes sense to no, you when course. you're saying it yeah. but you have to stop and define your terms no i mean look it's yeah it's I, I'm laughing because I, I definitely recognize that in myself. Right. But I'm at the same time, it's there's a reason for it, and it's it's fine. It's just you know, it's one of the limits. Right, it happens. I mean, I mean, there's no winning personality type. There's no, there's no. It's not a competition. Right. So down here is some stuff that I don't think is necessarily true, though. I think if you're a well-rounded person, the less you're going to perfectly conform to these things. Right. And where it says INTPs are unlikely to understand emotional complaints at all and their friends won't find a bedrock of emotional support in them. I mean, I think by necessity, that's just not true. No, I don't think so. And um, I do think that when I have a problem for you, you do tend to give me concrete suggestions. Yeah. But I don't think you're quite as like perfectly logical and as all that. I think you do understand that some sometimes I just need to express a thought right. and, you know, but I, be heard. I, yeah. And I mean, this is just uh, what, like the ideal type, right? Like right. the purest form. It's not... Right. But yeah, I think one thing also is that the the pervasive fe fear of failure thing that it mm -hmm. mentions down here at the end, um, they worry that they've missed some critical piece of the puzzle and then they stagnate. That is something that I think you faced a lot as well. Yeah, of course, yeah. And interestingly, this is the type that I always tested as when I was a teenager. Oh. Um, and so I think I have a lot of this type in me. But it's just, uh, what, it's like one letter difference between Yeah, it's one two. letter difference from yeah. what, I, what I identify as now. So, yeah, I mean... I, I totally get this type, and I think maybe I'm this type on the inside and INTJ on the outside, mm -hmm. or possibly the other way around. But yeah, I do get this type. That's probably why we're together, though, is that I get this. I understand where you're coming from a lot of the time, Yeah, and it doesn't make me mad most of the time. <laughs> yeah, okay. So let's let's look at some of these characters. All right, so it got, it's got some celebrities, and it's got some fictional okay. characters. Um, okay. Bill Gates. <laughs> Ellen Page. Ellen Page is cool. Yeah, she's cool. All right? I she mean, she's cool. generally understood to be cool. Um, Einstein. Yeah, he's... Can't go wrong, yeah, right? He's all right. Um, you got a bunch of philosophers. You got Isaac Newton. You mm -hmm. got Descartes. Um, you got a lot of Game of Thrones characters, which is just <laughs> way beyond our purview. But uh, Neo, I recognize. Neo from The Matrix. Yeah. And, like, I'm not sure you can say that Neo necessarily has a personality, except that he's a hacker. So... Right. But, but it's more what he engages in. It's more like his his relationship to the like the world, I guess. And I could say that INTPs have a feeling of being chosen, mm. of being like different and being like the the knowledgeable master of one thing. So that I get. Well, Neo makes me laugh because like I was into conspiracy culture long before <laughs> conspiracy culture was a thing, <laughs> long before it had like a name, right? <laughs> And we got Abed from Community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a very exaggerated, again, but I, I also see that in no, you. No, I, I do. But yeah, okay. So it's just to give you like a general idea. So yeah. it's basically uh, just like the super exaggerated up in your own head. Yeah. Experimenting with, with thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And like where you don't really push things to the point of practicality. Well, I think, the, I think the biggest problem is that by the time I've, 
I've started a project, another whole string of thoughts has already entered my head and right. started to form a new project. Right. And it no and the old project no longer seems as much fun or as right. interesting compared to the new one. And so yeah, it's it's I don't know. I feel like it's maybe perhaps stagnation on the outside, while on the inside it's just because it's a rushing river. Yeah, it just keeps so, going. Yeah. So all right, I feel like it's only fair. I'm gonna read the intro paragraph to mine, and then you can read the rest of mine in a really disparaging tone, like I just did with you. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, so INTJ personality, the architect. Um, yours was the logician. Okay. Um, it's lonely at the top, and being one of the rarest and most strategically capable personality types, <laughs> INTJs know this all too well. INTJs form just two percent of the population, and women of this personality type are especially rare, forming just zero point eight percent of the population. Wow. I doubt that. I think it might be that a certain kind of person takes this test. Yeah. And I think I'll, there might also be, I don't know. I'm just, I'm saying, I'm going to say I doubt that. I think it might be more than that. Um, it is often a challenge for them to find like-minded individuals who are able to keep up with their relentless intellectualism and chess-like maneuvering. People with the INTJ personality type are imaginative yet decisive, ambitious yet private, amazingly curious, and they do not squander their energy. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like this is so dire already. <laughs> Okay. So uh, what am I looking at? Just this section here? Yeah, whatever you find interesting, just go for it. Okay. Uh, so with a natural thirst for knowledge that shows itself early in life, INTJs are often given the title of bookworm as children. I guess yeah, that's, that's true. Pretty accurate. While this may be intended as an insult by their peers, uh, they more than likely identify with it and are even proud of it, greatly enjoying their broad and deep body of knowledge. INTJs enjoy sharing what they know as well, confident in their mastery of their chosen subjects, but owing to their intuitive and judging traits, they prefer to design design, yeah, design and execute a brilliant plan within their field rather than share opinions on uninteresting distractions like gossip. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this paragraph here is, is pretty... Okay. So a paradox to most observers, INTJs are able to live by glaring contradictions that nonetheless make perfect sense, at least from a purely rational perspective. For example, INTJs are simultaneously the most starry-eyed idealists and bitterest of cynics, a seemingly impossible conflict. But this is because INTJ types tend to believe that with effort, intelligence, and consideration, nothing is impossible, mm -hmm. while at the same time they believe that people are too lazy, short-sighted, or self-serving to actually achieve those fantastic <laughs> results. Okay, yet that cynical view of reality is unlikely to stop an interested INTJ from achieving a result they believe to be relevant. I find this is very similar to both of us. Yeah, I right? mean, again, we have a lot of letters in common. Right. Right. So, okay, but what's the key letter difference is what? the uh, P versus the, J. Okay, so do you mind going over... Perhaps. I think, well, I've, again, since I, I used to think I was INTP, so I've thought about this difference a lot. But right. so far as I can tell, you're more into your thoughts for the sake of them being thoughts. Okay. Whereas for me, a thought always has to be applied to something. Okay, I see. I see. Yeah. And so for the most part, when I'm ruminating on something, it's because I'm trying to make a decision. Right. Whereas for you, there might not need to be a decision on the end of it. Right. I just want to see where it goes. Yeah. You just want to follow it down the path. And that, that I think, okay. it makes sense. Okay. I All think right. that's pretty generally applicable to the both of us as well. Right. Okay, because, yeah, some of this stuff is very, very comparable. Yeah, a lot of it is quite similar. And we're both in, like, the bottom rung, right? Like, 3 versus 2% is not yeah, a big... Yeah, still uh, relatively rare. Okay, so what part here am I looking at? Oh, whatever you want. Okay, well, I haven't read these in advance. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is more to your jam than mine. <laughs> um, 
I will. Okay, I'm going to highlight one part here. Okay. At times, it will seem that INTJs are bent on deconstructing and rebuilding every idea and system they come into contact with, <laughs> employing a sense of perfectionism and even morality to this work. Anyone who doesn't have the talent to keep up with INTJs processes, or worse yet, doesn't see the point of them is likely to immediately and permanently lose their respect. Wow. <laughs> and again, the wording is kind of brutal, but I do understand the thought here. And yeah. one thing I do hate is when I come to someone with a concern mm-hmm. or a question, mm-hmm. and it's like, why aren't you doing it this way? Or why why is this like this? And the only answer they have for me is, oh, that's just because that's just how we do it. Or, yeah, that's Or that's be- because the last way we did it was like this. Like yeah, yeah. That annoys the shit out of me. That I really want to know why people are using their energy and time to do things a certain way and if they're doing it wrong they should fix it right right (laughs) and that's that gets to me and it it makes me a bit of a malcontent sometimes yeah but i just find it so frustrating especially if you could just take three hours of work and it would make the rest of your year easier yeah then why not do it yeah that i relate to completely there's nothing i can't stand more than just that's how it is yeah that's just how it is it's how we do things that makes me want what does that even mean yeah <laughs> I'm glad that we agree on this, and I feel like we have been in a lot of situations together where right. we were confronted with an established order, and both of us went, "Well, why? Yeah, yeah. why?" Yeah. And so, like, you know, stuff like refusing our rent increase, or yeah. you know, things like that, where we're just like, "Well, no, I don't think it has to be this way," and then we just fix it together, you know? Yeah. Or, I mean, I feel like that's most of like when we get to apartment stories, that's going to be most of the stories are us going, why is this a thing? We have a long storied history with apartments. <laughs> and yeah, a lot of, a lot of them come down to us being like, no one else is complaining. We're just going to go fix it. Like yeah. it does. We do have a lot of that. Yeah. And so it, in some ways like that, maybe you want us to be your neighbor. You know, we're pretty <laughs> useful to have in a building. Unless you're, unless you're the crappy neighbor causing the problems. In yes. which case we are the worst thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe that's down to our neighbors to decide. Um, <laughs> it's like failed threats to our neighbors. Like if you're listening to this, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it comes down to the celebrities. Oh, you got some good ones. Some of them are really rough. Okay, I'm just going to get them out of the way. They got Elon Musk. <laughs> um, and, um, and Putin. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Colin Powell and Putin <laughs> and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And Ar- I don't know if I see it in Arnold Schwarzenegger to be honest. Well, but like his history is one of very much like he decided to make himself a star, and he went about it like there was no discovery. It's just he has he, such like, control over his image, and I don't. Well, I mean, I guess that could be seen as strategic. It's just I don't mm-hmm. think of INTJs as people who are particularly image conscious. Yeah, but for him, it's a tool. It's I mean, not so much that he's that concerned, because I mean, he became a politician even, that's right? That's true. So it's like... Although I'm not even sure INTJs are often politicians. Well, I got... think they're more likely to be like in the background. But it's the whole maybe fixing of like going, why is it done this way? Right. Right? Because you got, you got yourself a Putin, you got yourself a Colin Powell, <laughs> you got yourself an Elon Musk. I mean. <laughs> um, though the, there is Michelle Obama here. Right. Which I, you know what? Sure. Right. Because I think that any first lady, and particularly a successful first lady, has to be a, a brilliant strategic mind. Right. And that I can totally get behind. Um, for fictional characters, we got Walter White. <laughs> yes, exactly. I can see that. Um, again, a lot of Game of Thrones characters that... Um, so we get all the schemers <laughs> is what we're getting. And one that I really like, um, Yennefer from the Witcher series. Well, that's cool. And that I can get behind. That's she really She cool. does not come across as a very nice person, but... I get it. Like, I can see, like, oh, okay. If I had to be someone in The Witcher, I would probably be Yennefer. Well, I mean, also for that world, she doesn't... She's not irrational. She's, like, she fits. Basically, for context, right? she's, she's like a sorceress 
but she's like a particularly individualistic sorceress. She kind of works for herself and I don't know. But her backstory puts it all into context yeah. from what you told me, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you got Gandalf. I got Gandalf. You lucked out, man. You got Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> and Katniss, but I don't know. Katniss, I, I, I would argue Katniss doesn't have much of a personality at all. I've only read the first book. But as right. far as I can tell, the focus of that book is just her trying to survive. Yeah, same here. I only read and the so first book. And so anyone just trying to survive might seem like an INTJ, you know? Well, I feel like there are a lot of people who, who would fit that definition, given that the world rewards that personality type. Right. Right? I mean, you're supposed to win. But I don't. Don't come after me. I'll read the other books. <laughs> there's probably more that comes out. <laughs> we, we should probably watch the movies, if nothing else. We should. Just I out mean... of cultural relevance. Very um, belated, but... <laughs> um. So, yeah. I th- again, I, maybe this tool is a bit more precise than it has to be. I don't know if you necessarily need four... I, I don't know, like... A lot of people prefer the the one that has um, nine types to it, the Enneagram, because right. it's a bit more like general. Right. Whereas here you have a lot more types, but I don't know. I I do enjoy this, and and again, I didn't always identify with INTJ. I felt I was more of like a, a absent-minded kind of type, but I think I may have grown into this mm. type a little bit, and I think I'm probably a bit more ruthless than I'm willing to admit. <laughs> um, but. I also think that when you read a profile like this, it's kind of exaggerated and it yeah. it shows you like the, the pointiest side of a character. Yeah. So Well, I mean that's that's the thing. This is this is the pure and unadulterated with no personal history right. taken into account, no relationships taken into account, no right. growth. So like and in particular, like the thing that people say about INTJs is that they seem arrogant and that is something hmm. that I have been accused of and I get it. <laughs> um but I don't think I necessarily always come across that way no no i don't think you see me that way no and i also i also understand where it comes from i mean look there there are many different personality types this is not a competition right and some people get their strengths and energy from interacting in different ways and some people get it from looking within themselves right and if you look within yourself when someone else is wanting to connect with you because it works for them it looks standoffish right looks but in the end, you're both you're both doing what's best for you. It's just it comes off a certain way because it's not you know it's not compatible. That's right. all. It's not. But yeah, no, I get it. I mean, God knows I've been. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not like my personality type is universally beloved. <laughs> Don't let him near anything with fire. <laughs> so our next one is um, the what is your D and D character? Yeah, which is surprisingly like confirms right on its own. It would seem like a silly test, like another one of those like which Greek card are you? Right. But uh, like taken into account of the other two personality tests we took, it actually comes out as super accurate, right? And super consistent with the other two. So just so you know, I'll put the the URL in the description. I'll put that. I'll do that for all of these. Um, but yeah, I find this is kind of interesting. Also, this isn't a system that I'm as familiar with, and so it's more like surprising to read what comes right, up. Right. Um, so let's start with yours. Okay. So I would not have imagined this because I tend to think of myself as being the righteous <laughs> and good one. But uh, if you go go up a little, it turns out that I am a chaotic, neutral human cleric. Level five of all things. <laughs> so what does that mean to you? Okay. Well. What I thought I would get, mm-hmm. prepare yourself for this, is like lawful good. <laughs> Excuse me? I thought I would get lawful good, <laughs> like ranger or something. Okay. like. Because obviously, if you're chaotic neutral, you probably never think of yourself as chaotic neutral. Right. But uh, it turns out I'm a chaotic From neutral. From what I know of alignment, 
And that is alignment, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I would totally pin you as a chaotic neutral. Right. But what I'm saying is inside <laughs> one's own head, right, you're going like, well, I'm just right. I'm just good. <laughs> so uh, I'll just read it because it's actually pretty short. Go for it. But just so you understand, a chaotic neutral character follows his whims. He is an ind- individualist first and last. He values his own liberty, but doesn't strive to protect others' freedoms. He avoids authority, resents restrictions, and challenges traditions. A chaotic neutral character does not intentionally disrupt organizations as part of a campaign of anarchy. To do so, he would have to be motivated by either good, Mm -hmm. a desire to liberate others, (laughs) or evil, a desire to make those different from himself suffer. A chaotic neutral character may be unpredictable, but his behavior is not totally random. He is not as likely to jump off a bridge as to cross it. (laughs) Chaotic neutral is the best alignment you can be because it represents true freedom from both society's restrictions and a do-gooder zeal. However, chaotic neutral can be a dangerous alignment when it seeks to eliminate all authority, harmony, and order in society. Now, all, all of these have that little segment that go, it's the best alignment you can be because, uh, it's kind of like, the, the way it's written is that whoever identifies with whatever alignment will naturally presume okay. that it's the best they can do. Okay. So they give the same line to everybody. Oh, okay. But they explain why. What, okay. what about it? So um, this little paragraph kind of helps put things in perspective. So if you're good, you care. You're an al- altruist, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Uh, and if you're evil, you're you're lean towards tyranny or just taking taking what you want but it's again this is like the purest right right archetypes because you know obviously you can be altruistic and maybe pocket a little more than you should be pocketing right right or but yeah i I was very surprised by this but i I think it kind of makes sense because of course you're going to see yourself as right as the best um and humans are just humans you know what humans are right (laughs) like i think that's that and a cleric kind of surprised me uh, so clerics act as intermediaries between the earthly and divine or infernal worlds. <laughs> <laughs> a good cleric helps those in need, while an evil cleric seeks to spread his patron's vision of evil across the world. All clerics can heal wounds, bring people back from the brink of death, and powerful clerics can even raise the dead. Likewise, all clerics have authority over undead creatures and can turn away or even destroy these creatures. Um, so yeah, I mean, essentially it's a priest. Yeah. Which, you know, long story short. A magic boy. Yeah, a magic boy who chooses a a god or, like, a a sphere of influence. But yeah, I wasn't wasn't really prepared for that. I see it. But it makes sense from the last one that we looked at, right? The the Myers-Briggs. Right. Well, in terms of magic, right? In D&D, you can be a cleric or you can be a sorcerer? Sorcerer or a mage. So it's the difference between I get my spells from a divine source. Okay. I get my spells from pure force of will, which That's is the sorcerer. sorcerer. Right. And I get my spells from studying. Okay. Which is the mage. Okay. I would see you as a force of will boy, to be honest, but I guess... Well, I mean, it. it I don't know. There's, there's crossover, right? There's all right. kinds of... The divine source can still be a form of inspiration, right? So, right. But I, I kind of, like, I see it because this would be like the experimenter, the... The, the guy who worships the, the god of, I don't know, like, tinkering <laughs> and blows up half the village by right. accident. So, yeah. How, what um, do you think of your stats? I'm not convinced. So this is out of 20, right? Yeah. Um, we got 15 strength. Like, it asks you questions like, are you stronger than most people you know? Can yeah. you lift this? So it, it's like, it's actually quite, like, direct in the questions that it asks you. Yeah. Um, I dex- think, hmm? uh, yeah, go, go ahead. So dexterity 12 
constitution 11. I feel like you probably have a stronger constitution than that. I feel like that should be your highest. Well, the, the test, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the test is just the test. Um, it doesn't... So there's intelligence and then there's wisdom. My understanding is intelli- intelligence is like book learning. Yeah. And wisdom is intuitive. Yeah, which I feel should be... Uh, more or less even, but here they're not. Yeah, they yeah. give you 16 intelligence and 11 wisdom, yeah. and charisma 13, which I agree with. I say I would say you're more than averagely charismatic. Yeah, but then I'll say or do the wrong thing, <laughs> and it's all for nothing. So I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and actually, I think we were fairly similar. Um, I came out as a lawful neutral human monk. <laughs> <laughs> we're both so, but humans in general are are the basically. They can be anything they want to be, right? Yeah, essentially, they're they are the most prolific race because they are the most adaptable okay. in D anD. Okay, fair enough. So let's see, lawful neutral. This isn't exactly the, the alignment I would have guessed for myself. I would have guessed neutral neutral. Uh, maybe, but the thing is, you kind of want to establish new orders, right? It's not that you hate order; it's just that the the order that is annoys you. Right, and what it says is um, a lawful neutral character acts as law, tradition, or a personal code directs him. So, right, there's, so a, there's a choice. Yeah. Order and organization are paramount to him or her. <laughs> he or she may believe in personal order and live by a code or standard. Well, if it's just you reading it, just say she, because it's got to do with you. <laughs> yeah, yes. Or may believe in order for all in favor of a strong organized government. Lawful neutral is the best alignment you can be <laughs> because it means you are reliable and honorable without being a zealot. However, lawful neutral can be a dangerous alignment when it seeks to eliminate all freedom, choice, and diversity in society. <laughs> oh my god, we're on opposite ends <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, and then it says that monks are versatile warriors skilled at fighting without weapons or armor. <laughs> they just get in there and they're, and they're under things. <laughs> well, it's the fact that monks train themselves constantly, mm. right? So it's essentially like you don't rely on an outside source okay. to, to get anything. You, you, you've planned in advance to the point where you basically are guaranteed to win because you are superior. Right. So I guess that that falls into the whole strategic planning is make sure right. you're better than your opponent. So yeah, you told me it was basically like like monks in, in kung fu movies. Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the wire fu monk. Okay. It's not, yeah. I'm not mad at my stats. My highest stats are intelligence and wisdom. I have average charisma, um, basically average strength, and slightly higher than average constitution. Yeah, which I think good. is like pretty... Uh, that's not bad. You're robust. I'm robust. I'll give you robust. <laughs> I'm hard to knock over. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's... I'm, I'm not mad at this result at all. Right. Yeah, so here it is... Um, yeah, their their mundane key-based abilities grow with experience, granting them more power over themselves and their environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Given my futzing tendencies, that makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, and yeah, I think this, this builds in some interesting ways on what we had from our, from our more rigorous Myers-Briggs test. Like, I think this actually pretty much matches. Yeah. So, guys, I, like, I sincerely recommend it. It's kind of a long test, but it's surprising. It is a long one, and consistent. you had to do it several times because the button yeah. didn't work. So yeah. maybe each time you try it again, try a fresh computer just in case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. And um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the other test, we, we took a lot of tests. We weren't able to talk about all of them today. Um, but the last one we call we took is called um, the visual DNA test, mm-hmm. and it scores you on um, on ten categories, and it sort of comes up with an overall sort of moniker for you and goes into detail on some things. And we actually got very similar results on this as well. Yeah, um, we have a lot of common um, traits. Well, we didn't think it'd be very accurate just because um, instead of asking you long drawn out questions or giving you context, it just basically goes. Asks you a question and then goes pick this Im- pick the image that speaks to you right in regards to the- just pick the image yeah you just basically look and then quickly choose yeah and so we were like oh well this can't be very accurate but 
taken into consideration the other two tests, it's surprising. It actually yeah. matches them pretty well. Man, even if even if the tests themselves are not scientific, there must be a, sci- a science behind the consistency. For sure, yeah. <laughs> because it, they are remarkable. So the names they gave us, it said that I'm an Olympian. Um, my methodical approach takes me further, faster, and higher. And for you, it said, you're the stargazer, a laid-back dreamer. You lie back, look up to the skies, and dream. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's... that's uh, you were saying it should come from within, but I guess I guess maybe my god is like the stars, right? So yeah, I mean I get that. It's connected. Um and basically we scored very similarly. Um the, the things that scores you want are openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, <laughs> agreeableness, and neuroticism. And Unsurprisingly, we both scored very high on neuroticism. And boy oh boy, low on agreeableness. And we both scored very low. I have zero percent agreeableness, which seems harsh. Two percent. And you have two percent. <laughs> Um, and that, for both of us, the low agreeableness means you have a healthy sense of skepticism, which I, I think is true, um, and a strong resolve. You don't shy away from making those tough decisions, which can't please everyone, but still need to be made. And that, it, again, as we said, that is true of both of us. Yeah. We do tend to be like, well, okay, something needs to be done, and we yeah. try to do it. Um, and both of us are low on extroversion, which mm-hmm. I would say, given our small group of friends and generally how we'd like to stay in and be cozy, yeah. totally makes sense. Um, and... One of the big main differences between us is conscientiousness. I'm very high on conscientiousness, and you're pretty low. And this is the remarkable thing, because read what conscientiousness means. So first. for you, low conscientiousness meant you like to act immediately on impulse, which can be both effective and fun, but if taken to the extreme, this can produce undesirable long-term consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, um, you are good at thinking through your actions before acting on an impulse. This helps you to avoid unnecessary stress or trouble, but can also lead to workaholic and perfectionist extremes. So I think that's <laughs> really cool, because... You literally got the lawful. I did, yeah. <laughs> it's true. The conscientious thing. Exactly. And I got like extreme chaos reigns. Hedonism bot. More pudding. <laughs> More pudding. <laughs> it's definitely you. The stars will tell me what to do next. Right. But I think the most promising thing is we both scored high on openness, which I would not have guessed. Um, yeah. It says, your high level of openness suggests that you are imaginative, creative, and comfortable with variety and change, but you can also tend towards individualistic behavior and impractical thinking. Right. But I, honestly, I think that's a, that's a pretty nice trait, and I think yeah. it's cool that we both share it. Yeah. And there's only a 14% difference between both of us, which isn't big. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah. So, yeah, and if it, it, there's a whole bunch of traits that it analyzes, but we have most of them in common. Like, we're both realists, we're both impulsive... Um, we we're both analytical, at... we're both sensitive. <laughs> Which ones do we differ on? We differ on, um, character. I'm driven, you're indulgent. Okay. Um, on composure, I'm perfectionist, you're direct. Okay. And, um, on... Action? Uh, process, I'm an achiever and you're a dreamer. Okay, what about action? Hold on. Uh, action. Action, I'm methodical, you're laid back. Okay. I think that is actually a pretty key one. Um, methodical people know how to concentrate on any task they're set and keep focus on it to completion. <laughs> and on yours, it says laid back people don't worry too much about big plans and goals. They're much more likely to keep a fairly clean slate. So they're able to respond to those sudden important jobs they always that always seem to crop up. Yeah, you might right. sometimes lack the motivation to take charge or, vo- or avoid coming up with new ideas. But you know, deep down that putting in the effort will benefit you in the long run, okay. which I, I would say is your Kramer side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, Kramer is actually a pretty smart businessman, but he doesn't, he doesn't commit to anything. Yeah. If he, he just kept with any of those ideas, he'd be fine. Great insights, and then he cuts corners. <laughs> yeah. So that is definitely your Kramer side. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like, too, that we're both considered sensitive. Yeah. Although it, it sounds a little disparaging. Sensitive people are extremely aware of potential dangers and problems around them, perhaps a little too aware sometimes. They tend to purposefully imagine worst-case scenarios. Um, but, you know, I think that is part of what makes us 
us. And I wouldn't say we're necessarily fearful, but we do tend to run through contingencies. And it's, it's always good to have two or three plans. For sure, yeah. <laughs> it's always good. But yeah, no, I, I think it's really remarkable how consistent three different tests that use three completely different languages and right. three completely different um, ways of typing things. Right still come out to like the big picture being generally similar. Although I wonder how much like the person who wrote the D&D test based it on Myers-Briggs or based it on, you know, yeah, that's an interesting question. Like this. Yeah. It's possible. I mean, they, these things might all draw on a similar pool of ideas. Yeah, it's it's quite possible. But I mean, it, the thing that I think kicks it over for me is um, the visual one. Because yeah. I thought that would have just been gobbledygook. That's true, yeah. I didn't think. That yeah, that one, one I feel like, kind of put me on blast. <laughs> and, and yet, and yet it, it's perfectly in sync with the D&D one. Yeah. And with, uh, well, not perfectly, but... But yeah, very much. Yeah. It's not like we took a bunch of tests and got wildly different exactly, results each exactly. time. And I did figure that the visual one specifically would give right. us something completely, like, off the wall. Right. Because, I mean, what is, like, what were some of the pictures? Like, a cabin. Yeah. Like, how do you how do you feel about this situation? Here's a cabin, here's a tent. Here's like, okay, I don't know. And, yeah, so you definitely had to go with your gut. But it was yeah. still pretty indicative, I found. Yeah. 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 So, all in all, these are kind of fun to do. And I, I don't know how much you should base your life off of them. But I'm finding that they're quite remarkable. Yeah. And for people like us who, again, were both considered analytical in attitude according to this test... People like us who like to think about this kind of thing, it is a, it's a great tool to have. <laughs> and if you're like me, it doesn't really matter if it goes anywhere. <laughs> it's just fun to systematize and play with ideas. So so yeah, I guess that brings us to the shout out section. Okay. Um, um, although I think there's going to be a part two to this episode. Yeah. I think we're probably going to do a couple more of these tests. Well, they're super fun. Yeah. And, and I mean, of course, if we're going to say, oh, there's consistency across the board, six is better than three. That's true. So We better get at it. Um, but I think we should probably mention... This being the season that it is, and us being in the city and being in the world, we are feeling that holiday feeling, which for us tends to be a negative feeling. Yeah. I do feel like if you happen to be shopping at this time of year and or in any kind of a mall or whatever, there's a for me there's always like this kind of cramped feeling and yeah. you could feel the stress and you yeah. can feel people, you know, just struggling and it does get to you a little bit. Yeah. And I think Definitely, the the mother of all shoutouts right now is due to retail employees in the Christmas season, the yeah. holiday season, yeah. because holy shit, it is real out there. Yeah, and they're working long hours for minimum wage, and it sucks. Man, even if it wasn't for other human beings, just having to listen to Christmas carols on loop. Yeah, just getting groceries today oh. and listening to Christmas carols, we were done. <laughs> it's so depressing. It's so hard. But we need new Christmas carols. We need some more in the mix because yeah. these are getting to be a lot. Yeah. So yeah, if yeah, it's a, it's an insane season. So uh, thank you for your service. Thank you, thank you, thank you, all retail employees. Thank you, all postal workers. Yeah, because this is some serious stuff, and I yeah. wish that it didn't have to happen this way. I, I kind of wish we could just spread the holiday season out over maybe like three months. Maybe people would still all do it at the very end. I don't know, but I just think it needs to be something needs to happen. It needs to be diluted. Yeah, it's I'm not totally good. happy to have the time off and spend time with you and with the creatures, but man, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, if we took away the whole commercialism, but that's a whole other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a whole other kettle of <laughs> that's fish. That's a whole other kettle of fish. But we definitely will have a podcast probably next week or the week after, which will be our Christmas podcast. Yeah. And we'll get as cozy as possible. And we'll yeah. have our, our real, well, what, what holiday cheer means to us, which is probably just going to be a lot of tea. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we'll definitely get to that. 
Um, but for this week, um, stay cozy. Yep. And we love you. And uh, buy up all all the cookies and chocolates that exist in tins, because it's the time of year to get a lot of tins. You gotta get those decorative tins, man. Get those in. So yeah, that's us for the week. Yep. Have a great week. Have a great time. Um, make sure to like our Facebook page. It's just called I Don't Know What to Tell You. And uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. We're there now. And oh. Pocket Casts. I thought you were going to tell them all to have more eggnog. Make sure to have more eggnog. <laughs> that too. I was going to get all excited and like, okay, but like also make sure to have more eggnog. <laughs> that too, because it's really important this and time of year. It's not, it's not like sold all throughout the year. So enjoy the eggnog. Take advantage. <laughs> all right. We love you very much. We'll see you maybe next week, maybe the week after. All right. Bye. Bye.